get you ready to sing to the king today. We are glad you're here. Thank you for joining us for worship today. If this is your first time, we welcome you. We thank you for choosing to worship with this church family here today. We're glad all of you are here. We pray that you feel the presence of the Lord as we worship, whether it's by live stream or whether it's by Facebook Live. We welcome you as well. But we pray that all of you here in the sanctuary and at home feel his presence as we worship him in spirit and in truth. This morning, I'll just take a minute to stand and wave at those around you and let them know you're glad they're worshiping with you today. And then we'll join in singing together. Majesty.
seated. Amen. We'd like to welcome you here today, whether you're worshiping here in person or worshiping on live stream or Facebook live. Thank you for taking the time to worship with us on this uh, cold winter's morning. But we are grateful for the warmth of the Holy Spirit and to know that Jesus is alive. And because he is alive, we can face tomorrow without fear. So I'm so grateful that he holds the future in his hands and he has a plan for you and for me and for all of us who know him as Lord and Savior. Every week, there's an opportunity for us to pray together. And I know there are folks here and folks watching that are struggling right now in some area of your life. And I pray that you would know God promises to be with us. He is faithful. And his grace is sufficient and his power made perfect in our weakness. And I'm going to invite you at this time, if you would, to go to the Lord in prayer with me. May we pray. Father, thank you that your grace is enough. Thank you, O oh God, that because you live, we can face tomorrow and all fear is gone. And Lord, we have come today to worship you, to exalt you, to lift on high the name of Jesus. And Father, we know there is no other name who is worthy to be praised than the name of Jesus Christ. So Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your promise to be with us. Father, I just would like to lift up those who are watching today, those who are in this church building, Father, that you would meet us where we are in our grief, in our suffering, in our pain. Meet us in our lostness. No, God, I pray that we might find hope in Christ today and encouragement and peace and comfort and love and ultimately salvation. Father, we pray for many families who continue to grieve over the loss of a loved one. Comfort them, God, and gently kiss away tears of grief and give them peace, a peace that passes all understanding that comes from faith in Christ. Lord, we pray for those who are in the hospital or battling some form of sickness or illness. Oh, God, we just uh, continue to, to pray for Rachel Shoemaker that you would bring healing, Lord, to, to her body. Father, I just pray for my brother Tim that you would bring healing to him and strength, Father, and Lord, others who maybe are in the, in the hospital or, or those, Father, that are taking treatments or, Father, battling some other sickness or battling COVID. Father, we know you're the great healer and the great physician and all things are possible for those who believe. And we believe, oh God, in your great power to heal. Father, we pray for our nation. We pray, God, for our new president and vice president and father for the new administration that you would give them godly wisdom and father discernment and lord i pray for healing in our country for unity and that father people would come together instead of being divided and lord that there would be a great move of your spirit that great revival would break loose that people would repent from the world's ways and they would draw near to God and follow your ways. Father, I pray for this church and all the churches that preach the good news of Jesus. What a challenge it's been to minister through this pandemic, but God, thank you that you have guided us and continue to guide us and lead us in the way you would have us to go and how you would have us to minister. Thank you, Father, for an understanding and patient church, a supportive church, God, that knows we are doing our best 
to minister during these difficult days. Father, I pray that soon this craziness would end and Lord, that we could get back to more normalcy and gathering at church and gathering in Bible study and gathering, Father, with family and friends and loved ones without fear. Father, just give us your strength and we pray that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And soon, God, we will come through this difficult time, hopefully, prayerfully, stronger, more faithful than we've ever been. And I pray now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would continue to move in this service, sing and play through our musicians, speak through the power of your word and through your servant. And Father, we just thank you in advance for what we pray your Holy Spirit is going to do. Maybe even someone today might be saved. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Mark chapter 5 and after the reading of God's Word, our ensemble from our choir will be coming to lead us. Thank you all for being here, ladies. Thank you all for the beautiful music, for the worship team, and again, those working in the sound booth and running the screens and cameras. I'm so grateful for everyone who gives of their time, the ushers and safety and risk management team. It's a team effort. I appreciate everyone's work in making this service a possibility but beginning with verse 24 in Mark chapter 5. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
thank you all for leading us. What a great message and song. And we all have a story, don't we? And I pray that we would share our story with the world who needs the Lord. I always like to share a little humor at the beginning of the message. And uh, this is an old one, but a good one. It's funny how church members throughout the week will send me a joke that maybe I've told throughout the years, and, and maybe they've remembered, or maybe they have not. But this is a throwback that maybe you remember. There was a local news station that was doing a, a story on an 80-year-old woman who was uh, getting married for a fourth time. She actually had just married again, and uh, the news station was doing kind of a, a an interest story, a human interest. And so they were asking her about her life and about what it meant to get married again at 80. And, and then they asked about her husband and what he did for a living. And, and she said, well, he, he is a, an undertaker. And, uh, and said, okay, okay, well, that's interesting. And they said, out of curiosity, would you mind to tell us a little bit about your previous three husbands and their occupations? And well, she paused for a moment, and then she began to reflect and had a little grin on her face. She said, well, in my 20s, in my 20s, I, I married a banker. She said, in my, in my 40s, she said, I, I actually uh, married, um, it's going to be different, but a circus ringmaster. And she said, in my 60s, I married a preacher. And she said, now I'm, I'm married to an undertaker. And, you know, she said, it's, you know, just how it's been. And the interviewer seemed kind of astonished and shocked and said, wow, such a diverse group of men that you married. Can you explain? She said, yes. She said, well, one was for the money, two was for the show, three was to get ready, and four to go. So that was, that was how she rolled on that particular one. You don't have to clap. You didn't clap the first time I told it either, so you won't hurt my feelings. But several years ago, I felt strongly led by the Lord to preach a message out of Psalm 42. And if any of you remember what Psalm 42 is, that's the passage where the psalmist wrote, As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. Oh, God, you remember that. And this sermon that I preached was actually a sermon on desperation. And as I preached that sermon on desperation, at the end, I offered an invitation, and there was a man who came forward during the invitation, and he fell into my arms, overwhelmed with emotion, and he began to share with me some of his story. He said, I'm in a desperate place. And he said, my wife recently left me. And she took our children with her. And my life, my world is turned upside down. And he said, and I come here and you're preaching on desperation. And he said, you are talking to me. God was speaking to me because I'm in a desperate place and I don't know what to do. And I prayed with him, and I pray he was able to receive a peace from God. And the fact is, some of you are here today, and maybe you're in a desperate place. Maybe your life, your world has been turned upside down, not only by this crazy pandemic, but maybe something else is going on in your life. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's something mentally, financially, something relationally or emotionally. But your world has been turned upside down, and you find that you're in a desperate place, and you're longing for peace, you're, you're longing for relief from your pain, for companionship and your loneliness. You're longing for God to help you. A few weeks ago, we began a sermon series called rebound. And the Lord laid on my heart to do a series of sermons where we look at stories in Scripture of people who seem to 
be in a helpless or hopeless situation, but then through God's divine power, they were able to rebound or to bounce back from what seemed like a hopeless circumstance in their life. Maybe that's where you are today. Maybe when this service is over, when this sermon is finished, you're going to say, as my friend who came forward, that you were talking to me today. The Holy Spirit was speaking to you or to me. See, in our story today, we meet a lady who is very much in a place of desperation. She was in a place of desperation. We read in in verse 25, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. A woman had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She could have had a blood disease, uh, or she could have been described as having a perpetual menstrual cycle. But this was nonstop for 12 years. And there's no doubt she was suffering. As a matter of fact, if you read in verse 26, it said she suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors And she spent all she had, and instead of getting better, she grew worse. She was suffering greatly, and she had spent all that she had, giving it to the doctors, looking for answers, anything to help her with her pain and her suffering, and there was no help, and she was lost. And when I think about this lady being desperate, Don't you think and agree that Jesus is drawn to people in their desperation? I think Jesus is drawn to the desperate. And when I look back in Mark chapter 4, that story I often like to share of Jesus on the boat with his disciples. And if you look in Mark chapter 4 and 5, Jesus is constantly getting on a boat, crossing over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee or Lake Genesaret, and then he's crossing again, going to, and everywhere he went, crowds flocked in around him. And remember in Mark 4, when Jesus was both God and man, he was human as well, and his weariness, he was asleep on the stern of the boat, and this unexpected storm or squall came. And remember, the disciples were terrified. They were desperate. In verse 38, they said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And you remember the story. Jesus got up, probably shook his head again. When are these boys going to learn? And said, Quiet, peace, be still. And immediately the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he looked at his disciples and said, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And then I think about in Mark chapter 5, prior to the scripture passage today, remember in the region of Gerasene, there was a demon-possessed man who was living among the tombs, and he had been chained and shackled in hands and feet, yet no chain could contain him, and he would break loose. And remember that it said in chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, that When Jesus was at a distance, this man came running and fell at the feet of Jesus on his knees and said, Jesus, Son of the God Most High, what is it that you want? Oh, God, please do not torture me. This man had been tortured by this demon. And when Jesus asked his name, my name is Legion because we are many. He had many evil spirits living inside of him. He was desperate, yet Jesus would say to this man, you are set free from your impure spirit, and he would be healed. And remember, those evil spirits were cast into the swine that that went over the edge of the cliff and into the lake and drowned. But these were people that were desperate. I want to ask you, how long have you been suffering? Has it been a few days? been a few weeks, been a few months, 
Has it been several years, maybe even 12 or more? I've known so many people through the years that have been suffering. I, I know people today that are still trying to get over the painful effects of shingles that they had years ago. Still, they struggle with pain. I know people that have been battling depression for many, many years, and, and yet they still suffer through each day. I know people that have been battling migraine headaches, suffering, never know when one's going to come up and cause them to be bedridden. I know people that have been suffering from constant back pain, yet they go on each day through their pain and try to live as normally as they can. I, I know people that have been suffering from some form of addiction for years, and it's a vicious cycle. They see a light that they're getting better, and then they have a relapse, and then they're back to square one and have to start this process all over again. I know that there are people who are suffering from loneliness. This crazy pandemic has been so hard on single people and the elderly who maybe are widowed or widower who, are, who have loneliness and there's no one around. Some of you have been suffering from the effects of COVID. You've had it and now you're suffering as a result from it. Some of you are suffering from grief. You've lost a loved one during this crazy time. And it's been hard for you to rebound or to bounce back. And maybe you're like this woman. You're in a place of desperation and you don't know what you're going to do. I shared with you last week that I had a series of funerals this past week. And my heart goes out to all these families who are hurting and grieving and the Lord led me to a passage of Scripture that I've shared with you on many occasions, but I've never in all the years in ministry had never used it in a funeral sermon. And the Lord led me to Matthew eleven twenty eight when Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. That's a beautiful passage. And I shared about how Jesus wants us to come to him when we're weary and burdened and when we're desperate, and then take his yoke upon us, that wooden beam that used to be placed over oxen that would pull the plow. And, and we think about Jesus not being a burden, but he's the one that pulls us when our strength is not enough and he guides us in the way he would have us to go. And he's gentle and humble in heart. And you think about blessed are the meek in Matthew 5, 5, the great Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the kingdom of the earth. Meekness has been described and defined as strength under control. And Jesus had strength under control and he wants to bring strength and control in our lives. You know, and after I shared that scripture and the funeral this past week, I had a man that came up to me and he had tears coming down his face and he said, I feel like the good Lord's been knocking on my heart's door. And he said, I need to, I need to get back to church and said, don't be surprised if you don't see me soon. And I said, I'd love that. And I'd love to see you. And maybe you feel like God's been knocking on your heart's door. Isn't it amazing how God can use suffering and desperation to draw us closer to him? I wish it didn't have to be that way. I wish on our own accord we would, I'm going to live for Jesus and I'm going to draw closer to you every day, God. But sometimes it takes something that will bring us to our knees before our spiritual eyes are open to say, I had it all wrong. I thought I knew what was best. I thought I knew the way. But I was as blind and as lost as I could be. But now I see that Jesus is the only way. I can't do this on my own. This woman was in a place of desperation, but she also had determination. If you would read on in verse 27, 
She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him in the crowd, and she touched his cloak, and she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Can you picture this? A woman who was a social outcast. And what do I mean by that? Because of her issue of bleeding, by the Levitical law, she was ceremonially unclean. You talk about social distancing. She had to distance herself from everyone because they thought she was unclean. She was isolated from her home. She was separated from her family. She was uh, segregated in the synagogue. She couldn't get around people. She was suffering physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in every way. She was suffering. And can you picture this woman who, if anyone saw her, they would avoid her like the plague. Can you see her crawling through the crowd trying to get to Jesus? She was determined. She was crawling trying to get to him. And we should have that same kind of determination. I think about people in, in Scripture again. I think about Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus in Luke chapter 18. Remember when Jesus was approaching Jericho, there was a man at the city gate, blind Bartimaeus, a beggar. And when he heard that Jesus was coming, he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And remember what the crowd did? Quiet, shh. Be quiet, man. But he cried out all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus heard his cry, and he said, what is it that you want? And that great throne of people and that great crowd, Jesus heard him. As an example, he hears you, he hears me, he sees you, he sees me, even in this great big world. He said, what is it you want? He said, Lord, I want to see and in verse 42 of Luke chapter 18, he said, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And then I think about, if you read on over in Luke chapter 19, there was a wee little man named Zacchaeus who was a hated tax collector. There was another crowd around Jesus as he entered into Jericho. And Zacchaeus, being small in stature, Climb that sycamore fig tree so he could get a good look at Jesus. And don't you know that Jesus saw him? And he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, you come out of that tree for I'm going to your house today. And if you read in verse 9, you know what happened. It said, today salvation has come to this house. Verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Do you believe that Jesus is looking for you and for me today. He is. But he wants us to be determined to get to him. The late great Hall of Fame Los Angeles Dodgers manager, Tommy Lasorda, said the difference between the impossible and the possible lies in a person's determination. Would you agree the difference between the impossible and the possible lies in a person's determination. This was one determined woman. And I thought about as I was preparing this message, years ago a Christian movie came out that we watched in this church, and I've shown you a couple times clips from it, Facing the Giants. Do you all remember that movie? It was a great movie. There was a man who was a husband, a young husband. He was a high school teacher, football coach. Remember, he and his wife were trying to have children. They were not having luck, and, and he was ready to give up coaching because his team was terrible. And then a man came to him, remember this, and, and gave him the, the encouraging words to pray and to turn to God. And, to, and he got down, just humbled himself and cried out to God. And God began to do something new in his life and he wanted to send that same message to this group of high school football players who felt like that they had no chance against bigger, stronger teams who were ranked higher. And in this clip, we see the coach motivating his players 
to be determined no matter how big the giant is. Let's watch. It's not even funny, dude. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I knew we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. Fifty. I can go to the fifty if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. <laughs> I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right, let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground, just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Not another 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. burn. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. Your best. Don't stop. Keep going. Too hard. It's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your best. Don't quit! No! Keep going! Keep going! Keep going! Don't quit! Don't quit! Don't quit! Brock Kelly, you don't quit! Keep going! Keep going! Go, Brock Kelly! You don't quit on me! No! You keep going! You keep going! Go, Brock! Ten more steps! Ten more! Ten more! Ten more! Keep going! Don't quit! Give me your heart! You can! You can! Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone. Brock, you are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Don't tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. 
God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach? Can I count on you? Yes. Coach? What is it, Jeremy? I wear 160. doing a death crawl. She was at the end of her rope. And she was thinking, if I could just touch, a, a devout Jew would wear an outer robe that, that had four tassels along the bottom. And some translations say the hem of his garment. I think about Nola Reed, who's gone to be with the Lord. One of our sweet members used to love this scripture. And said, if, if I could just touch one of those tassels, the hem of his garment, and I'll be healed. And then praise God, if you would look in, in verse 29, it said that, that she, after touching immediately, she felt that the blood had stopped in her body and she was freed from her suffering. I want to call this destination. You know, we read in Hebrews chapter 9, I believe it's verse 27, a man is destined to die once and then face judgment. We're all appointed a time that we're going to meet our maker and give an account. And we're either going to be destined for eternal life or eternal death. And I pray that we would choose life. Because when this woman felt that she had been healed, Jesus turned to the crowd, even though the crowd was pressing in on he felt power leave from him, and he said, who touched me? Isn't that amazing that Jesus could feel power coming from him, even though she was just touching the hem of his garment? And then the disciples said, with all these people pressing in around you, how can you say you touched me? And then the woman, knowing what had happened, she came trembling in fear and fell at her knees. And she told Jesus the whole truth about what had happened. And then Jesus in verse 34 said, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. You are freed from your suffering. Isn't that beautiful? But there's, a, I think, a principle here that is for all of us if we choose to have eternal life, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Here's how she was destined for healing and hope and salvation. First of all, she had to humble herself. She crawled to Jesus, trembling and in fear. That was a respectful fear. She crawled to Jesus in humility. James 4.10, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. He will lift you up. But then she told him the whole truth. That's confession. We all need to confess. 1 John 1, nine says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. Have you confessed your sins to Jesus recently? But not only was there confession, but there was faith. She came by faith, letting the chips fall where they would. And Jesus said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Now, we've talked about this. The miracle doesn't always come on this side of eternity. But many times the ultimate healing and miracle comes on the other side but we are to stay determined with our eyes fixed upon Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. In Ephesians 2.8, Paul said it, if we could just come by faith, for we are saved 
by grace through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. And I pray that we would have that kind of faith today to be willing to do whatever it takes to crawl to Jesus. And I also think about when I watch that clip about Jesus carrying the cross for you and for me. That was a death crawl where he carried the cross to save you and to save me. I want to close by sharing a story that Bible commentator, uh, seminary president, and theologian, Dr. David McKenna shared. He said he was asked to do the funeral. This was his first funeral of a prominent woman in the community. She was a community leader. She was very uh, cultured in her taste and she lived on the outskirts of the community of faith. She had never made a profession of faith, but she brought her daughters to church, wanted her children to be in church, but she didn't come. And he was worried about all the people. He knew it would be a big crowd at the funeral, all the community people who would be there that would not understand church language. And he was dreading. He said that he was actually almost in a panic how he was going to preach this funeral knowing that she didn't have a personal relationship with Christ. Let me tell you, that's hard when you don't know if people had a relationship with Christ. It makes my job a lot easier if I know you know Christ before you go. And it sure brings peace to your family too. And he said, just as he was praying that God would give him direction, one of her daughters brought a letter to him that their mother who passed had written when she learned that cancer had spread throughout her body. And what she wrote is she said, I thought living the good life would bring joy and peace, but it did not. She said, it wasn't until I confessed my sins to God that I receive true joy and true peace. And he said his heart was thrilled so much that God led him to this passage out of Mark, and he preached, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, for you have been freed from your suffering. And maybe... That's where you are today. You're in a desperate place. You've been ready to give up, throw in the towel, and when is this craziness going to be? Oh, I don't know how much more I can take. I can't do this anymore. You stay determined. Don't let the devil lie to you. He's a liar and a deceiver and make you believe things aren't going to get any better because things are going to get better. And we stay determined with our faith in Christ, knowing that he has a destiny prepared for those who know him as Savior and Lord. And if you haven't met him, why not now? What are you waiting for? We're not promised tomorrow. That's why we give our lives to Jesus today, because we're not promised. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow, James 4.14. What is your life? You're a mist or a vapor that appears for a little while. And then vanishes. Do you know Christ? Humbly come before him. Confess your sin. Claim faith in Jesus and receive eternal life. Or maybe you're a Christian and you've been suffering for 10 years, 12 years, 20 years, your whole life. And you're saying, God, if you're such a great and awesome God, why am I suffering? Well, again, Jesus lets us know that he is near to the brokenhearted. And we're not promised because of our faith. He said to his disciples, in this world you will have trouble, John 16, 33. But he said, but take heart, I've overcome the world. We know we're not exempt from trouble. That goes all the way back to Adam and Eve's sin. Or maybe you've been looking for a church home and you've been visiting virtually or in person and you feel the Holy Spirit and he's prompting you like my brother that came and said, you are speaking to me. No, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. What's your response? I pray today that you would receive him. 
and you'd receive life in Christ as we pray. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that anyone in this room or anyone watching, Father, might experience freedom from their suffering, peace from the storm. Father, we know that you have authority over all things, and all things are possible for those who believe. Father, would there be someone today to pray, dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Father, I pray if someone could pray that prayer and mean it today, Lord, that they would begin a lifelong, eternal journey of living for Jesus. Lord, maybe there are Christians who have been lost in the craziness of this time in which we're living and in the crowd they feel like they've been forgotten and abandoned oh god we know you see us and may we see you may we be determined to get to you any way we can crawling humbly to you crying out to you help me save me lord we know that you'll do just that Father, maybe there are those that have been looking for a place to call home. We all need a place of refuge, a place of encouragement and support. And God, I'm so thankful for this church. We're not a perfect church, but we serve a perfect God. And as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we'll never be disappointed. But Lord, we know as soon as we take our eyes off of you, things will begin to, to go sour and Father, we need to keep our eyes on you, especially now and always. So Father, I pray that as your spirit leads, we might pledge our love and allegiance to you as you loved us so much that you would send Jesus to die for us. So give us that boldness to come to you just as we are in Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna invite you, if you're in this place, to stand we're going to sing a hymn of invitation, a hymn of commitment. And as the Holy Spirit leads, I invite you to come. If you make a decision at home, contact us here at the office. It'd be our privilege to pray with you about your decision. But won't you come as we sing?
Amen. I want to thank you so much for worshiping with us both here and those of you worshiping virtually. I pray that God spoke to you today and that you were drawn closer to Christ. I'm thrilled at our 8.30 service that we had a woman, Patricia Dempsey, who joined this church family, reconnecting with God. She said she uh, was a member years ago. She came back home to be a part of what God is doing. So we're grateful to have Patricia Dempsey to join today. And thank you for being here again. If you would like to speak with one of our staff, with me, us about a decision, it'd be our privilege to pray with you, to talk with you about a decision. And if you want to contact the church office, we'd be thrilled to talk with you. But thank you for coming. If you're on their email list, you'll be dis uh, receiving discussion questions that you can go over with your family or friends about the message and how God spoke to you through this passage. Don't forget to join us virtually at 6 o'clock on Wednesday. Invite friends or coworkers maybe that don't have a church to tune in as it's just a brief time of devotion and prayer and music. But I hope to, to see you again real soon. If not Wednesday virtually, I'll see you next Sunday here in person. I pray you have a great week. Don't forget how much God loves you and how much we love you. Bill, if you would... Lead us in a closing song. Be careful out on the roads, okay?